The scripture reading today is from the letter to the Hebrews and Paul's letter to the Ephesians. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land he had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age for having children, because she believed that the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. They were as many as the number of the stars in the sky and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he was grown up. He chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the temporary pleasures of sin. He thought that the abuses he suffered for Christ were more valuable than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking forward to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt without being afraid of the king's anger. He kept on going as if he could see what is invisible. And now a reading from Ephesians chapter 2. You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. This salvation is God's gift. It's not something you possessed. It's not something you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. The word of the Lord. Take a moment now for silent reflection. Good morning. My name is Melissa Blankenship. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm glad that you joined us today. Please pray with me. Loving God, we thank you for the guidance you give us, just as you were with the people that we read about today. As we look at their lives of faith, remind us of the ways that you have transformed our lives. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
There are a few texts in the Bible that um, I've heard so many times that I know them just by the book and chapter, like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, or 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and here we have Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith. And I've, I've also heard it called the Faith's Hall of Fame. And reading it is supposed to encourage us in our faith. But are we really encouraged by it, though? I mean, or does it just sit there like your perfect friend's Facebook page? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like an interesting read. We have Abraham's travel blog, or uh, we have uh, Sarah posting pictures of Isaac with a laughing face emoji. Or, you know, Moses, you know, trying to get everybody crossing the Red Sea into the selfie because he doesn't have a long enough selfie stick, you know. Do these bigger-than-life people encourage us or do they cause us to feel inferior? Is, is the, what we heard today, is this hard to relate to? Or does this, or does this chapter come off as inspiring or encouraging or, or, or is it just quaint? These ancestors are listed here because they are giants of the faith, or as my son would say, they're just built different. Or are they? Let's take a look at a few of these people to see that they're not really giants. They don't represent the bar that we have to measure up to. Instead of a high bar, these are meant to be an example for us. Hebrews 11 shows us that everyone can participate authentically in the faith community. So let's take a look. These people are not giants, and they're not hall of faithers. Yes, these are great people of the faith, and that we should look to, and they had great faith. This text is reminding us of their faith for our encouragement, and sometimes it's easier to see God's faithfulness through the lives of other people and we have the vantage point with these stories to see how things worked out for them. Abraham and Sarah knew their son was the answer to a promise. Abraham was told his offspring would be like the stars in the sky. And he was also told to move from his homeland. And so he packed up and he traveled, living in a tent. But beyond starting their family, Abraham and Sarah never saw the fulfillment of this promise. They didn't see offspring like the stars of the sky. And they didn't even ever enter the promised land themselves. And Moses, he was chosen to free his people from slavery and to bring the people out of Egypt into the promised land. <clears throat> and he did see them freed from Egypt. But after wandering in the wilderness for decades, he never actually walked with them into that promised land. This commitment to being faithful and never getting to experience the promise is part of what makes these people seem so extraordinary. In hindsight, it's admirable, but these were ordinary people following what they knew to do, and they didn't know how it would end. Abraham and Moses didn't know they weren't going to enter their promised land, and they weren't exceptionally good people. If we go back and read the details, we will easily see that all of them had some pretty big flaws, and some of their mistakes are pretty shocking, and yet they kept on following, and God kept on redeeming them and allowing them to be part of the story. And that gets to the heart of this text and what makes these people so great. God's gift of faith and calling on the lives of very ordinary people who make mistakes. God uses the faithful work that we do as part of our own transformation. 
as well as a way to serve and connect with each other. So what does this look like in real life? Years ago, I knew a woman named Jess who didn't usually attend City Church, and her name and some of the details have been changed uh, for the sake of privacy. So one morning, I was up here leading worship, and I saw Jess out in the congregation. And that kind of surprised me because that was the first time I'd ever seen her here at City Church. And, you know, as I sat down, after I was worship leading, I sat near the back and noticed she's worshiping her heart out and greeting people at the passing of the peace, which, you know, brand new, first time. That seemed kind of, it was kind of cool. Um, and, and I knew she worshiped elsewhere, so seeing her here was just unexpected. And so after the service, uh, just came up to me right away. That wasn't surprising, but she, she had an urgency and said she needed some prayer. Could we go to another room to talk? Um, and as, as we talked, she told me a story of what had happened in the few days prior. She had lost her job on that Friday night and wasn't taking it well and spent all day Saturday partying. And, and then she just looked at me and said, I'm high right now. I don't want to do this. Will you pray for me? And we talked a little, and I asked questions, but I mostly listened, and, and we did pray. And in the, in the following weeks, she was able to turn that spiral around, and she was able to find a new job. And stopping the spiral is good, but that's not the ultimate point here that I'm trying to make. I'm not saying if you have enough faith, everything's going to turn out okay, because not everyone has the ending to that story that Jess had. It doesn't always turn out okay. But when Jess saw her life starting to spiral, she reached out to someone she trusted. And she honestly shared her moment. And it wasn't a social media moment, but it was an act of great faith. She knew she wanted something different, and she took one step towards that difference. And she took one step at a time, one day at a time. And the faith she had is the faith of our ancestors that this text is talking about. And she was a faithful witness to me, and she is one of my cloud witnesses. This chapter is about the people of faith who are really ordinary people going through a really tough time. These stories may have become bigger than life over the years, but these faithful ancestors weren't perfect, just like we are not perfect. They were ordinary people. The original recipients of the letter were also ordinary people, and we are ordinary people. And this is precisely the point of this text. And another pitfall that can trip us up as we read these verses is thinking that the point is that we need to measure up. We can look at Hebrews 11 as some sort of high bar of achievement. <clears throat> like the text is telling us they did it so you can too. And maybe it's just our modern society or maybe this kind of comparison is built into the human psyche. But I spent my younger adulthood thinking I had to measure up to these heroes of the faith. And am I the only one who hears this and turns it into some kind of motivational uh, speaking seminar? Like, I have to listen for God's voice to say jump so that I can say how high. And maybe some of you read this and hear that too. And maybe you've wondered if God has called you to a different job or a different city or a different church or a different partner. And maybe God called you like Abraham, but you didn't hear 
and you didn't see the burning bush, and now you can't be a hero of the faith, and you failed the test, you lose. Goodbye. Friends, God isn't trying to trick us. God isn't trying to test us in that way. Following God and growing in faith isn't some sort of boot camp to weed out the unfaithful. We do have choices to make, and we can look for God's wisdom and guidance around those choices, and our faith will be tested. But not like a Where's Waldo book, but maybe more like a stress test. Like when a product is being tested and it's used over and over again to find out where its weakness is, except the metaphor falls short here because unlike a product, we're not just going to be rejected when the weakness is found. We have a lifetime of these tests in which our weaknesses are supported and built up and strengthened. So let me say it again more concisely. If you're experiencing your faith being tested, it's not to weed you out but to strengthen you for your own faith and for the faith of those around you. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tells us that by grace we are saved through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. Our very faith is a gift of God. If God is asking something of us that requires faith, that very faith is given to us. We are given what we need to grow in faith. And that faith we're given is also meant to be a blessing and an encouragement to those around us. Which brings me to my third point. Our faith is used to build authentic community. And that is why Hebrews 11 recounts the faithful work of our ancestors. They are a part of our community. Their faithfulness has impacted us, just as our faithfulness will impact others. And this is where having community is especially important. We can recognize the way God has been faithful to us and others, and we can also see how God has used the work of faithful people to bless others. So if we only associate with a small number of people just like ourselves, we will have a very small picture of God's great work. And as you build trusting relationships with people, hopefully you can share the work of God's faithfulness in your life and learn about the work of God's faithfulness faithfulness in their lives. And these kinds of conversations aren't what usually makes up small talk. So it takes some intentional effort to get there. But this broadening of God's story also happens when you serve. And hopefully when you serve, you're also learning. Learning about the lives and struggles of other people. Learning how God is active and faithful in their lives and learning from the people that you serve how to give, even as you are giving. And I used to serve in the San Francisco County Jail, speaking at our worship service that we ran there for many years, and we called it County Jail Fellowship. And at the end of the service, each person would have an opportunity to share a prayer request. And, and this was often a very moving experience for me. And, those of us volunteering would also, we were also part of the worship service, and we would also share prayer requests. Uh, and several years back, I asked for prayer for my brother, who had been out of a job for a while, and he had a job interview coming up in the, in the following week. And so that was the prayer request I shared, and at the end, we would all pray for each other's requests. And the next time I went to county jail, some of those same women were there, and they asked how the job interview went, and I told them he got the job, and they cheered. They were, like, genuinely happy. 
And so the next time I was talking to my brother, I told him about this. Um, I relayed this to him, who he lives several states away, and I told him that the women in the San Francisco County Jail prayed for his job interview and then asked about him, and I let him know they cheered when he got the job. And he was silent for a moment. And then he sounded very moved, and he said, they prayed for me? To help them thank you. Like, he was very moved, and he didn't know what to make of that. I didn't even know I had shared that request with him. And that was when my brother found out that the women of faith in San Francisco County Jail are a part of his cloud of witnesses, even though he had never met any of them. He was moved and encouraged by their faith and their generosity of prayer. And I imagine you all have similar stories of encounters of faith that have strengthened you just when you needed it. And I'm going to ask you to take a few minutes right now to connect with somebody sitting around you. Um, and you can tell them a story of faith. And you can also use your focus question, uh, if that helps. How has a relationship with someone that is very different from you changed or shaped you? So I'm going to give you five minutes right now to connect with somebody, if you will, and, and share something, a story of your own or an answer to the focus question. Um, yeah, feel free to find somebody nearby.
We can, we can wrap up in about 30 seconds. Thank you for participating. It sounded like you had a lot of great stories you were sharing. It's good to share these stories for the same reason that these stories we heard this morning are in our text. We share them to remember and for the sake of each other. And we need to expand our idea of who the giants of the faith really are. Another practical way to see God's work in the lives of other people is to serve at a place like City Hope. And one, things that, one of the things that I liked when I served at City Hope is that their work has a focus on community. They're not quickly turning the room over so you can get to know the people who are, are coming there from all kinds of backgrounds, who have all kinds of struggles. And many of the people I've met there give the gift of themselves. They share openly, and it can be truly life-changing if you, if you go there repeatedly and see the same people. You will really get to know people. And we're, but wherever we find ourselves interacting with people, they, we need to remind ourselves, this is a person who is made in the image of God. And we need to ask ourselves, where is God working in their life? And where is God working in my life? Our text is about faithful people, very human, faithful people, just like you and me. And they are our cloud of witnesses. And we all need each other. There are no little people in the faith community. So what are the stories around you today that showcase God's great faith in the middle of our lives? And who else is in your cloud of witnesses? Please pray with me. God of all comfort, thank you for our faith community. We ask that you would knit our hearts together. Help us to grow in our love and encouragement for each other. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.